Wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're going to be mine. Here's Jonathan Hood. This is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Follow us on Instagram as well at WrestlingTWT. Coming up, we'll get a chance to talk to friend of the program, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio on SiriusXM. We'll get his thoughts on a very, very busy and a great week if you're a pro wrestling fan. We'll talk to Dave coming up in a few moments on the podcast. Don't forget also our YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and subscribe on YouTube to be able to see some of the interviews that we've had in the past. Well, a few things before we get into our conversation with Dave and AEW versus NXT. A little bit about Raw last night. Raw taking place from Phoenix, Arizona last night. On the heels of SmackDown coming to Fox this week on October the 4th. Raw last night had Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was there. And the one thing about Seth Rollins that I don't understand is what what happened to that guy that was a heel. That guy that was must watch for some people when he was with Triple H and when he was with Stephanie McMahon. I don't know what they have done to the Universal Champion, but he is just as hokey as you will find for someone that's supposed to be a top guy and a draw. It, it's very strange, and I'll talk to Dave about this coming up in a little bit, but I, I find it interesting that Rey Mysterio, who is definitely a first battle Hall of Famer for the WWE, he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame because of his storied career. And his son Dominic, by the way, is... No more than, what, 18, 19 years of age, and he's going to be a WWE superstar at some point as well. Rey Mysterio and Dominic were attacked by Brock Lesnar. Obviously, the WWE is trying to push Lesnar as much as possible. He shows up, and he's this beast. And the great dynamic about Brock Lesnar is, is that he is managed by Paul Heyman. Think about managers in the past. Managers in the past used to be able to control their wrestlers. Like, okay, you're going overboard, let's stop, let's stop. You notice Paul Heyman? Paul Heyman can't control Brock Lesnar. As a matter of fact, the WWE has done a great job of being able to put it out there for all of us as viewers that Brock Lesnar cannot be stopped. Can't be stopped by Vince McMahon, can't be stopped by uh, Paul Heyman, can't be stopped by many in that locker room in the WWE, whether it's a Raw locker room or a SmackDown locker room. I love that part. But the idea that Rey Mysterio gets attacked, right? And also his son Dominic gets attacked. Where was Seth Rollins to be able to help out Rey Mysterio or Dominic? It's just wrestling 101, right? If there is a popular babyface that gets attacked, 
then there's usually a run-in, right? It's not just the guys in the suits like Fit Finley or Pat Buck or those that are in the back in suits and ties, the WWE officials. We've seen that forever, right? Like, here comes Black Jack Lanza. Here comes, you know, one of the Hebners. Here comes this guy. Here comes Rene Goulet in a suit. Here comes Sergeant Slaughter. Here comes Pat Patterson. Here comes Bruce Pritchard. Whatever, right? How come in 2019, when there is someone that's being attacked, no one comes from the back? Let me tell you a little wrestling history. Back in the day, there would be two levels of baby faces, right? If a baby face is being attacked and wrestlers would come to help, it just adds to the view of us as wrestling fans at home. Like, oh my God, it looks like it looks crazy. This particular bad guy is beating up on this good guy, and the good guy needs help, and here comes wrestlers from the back. Here's what I mean by two levels of baby faces, right? You either see the top superstar baby faces come in and battle the heel and make sure that he gets out of the ring and, and is you fight him to the locker room to make sure that he gets out of that situation. He's not wearing out that guy with a chair. He's not that, wearing out that guy with a chain. He's not trying to bury that baby face. He's, they're gonna, we're going to save him to make sure that he doesn't get critically injured. Or you get the other baby faces where it's the lower level card people like the the enhancement talent, the carpenters, or how you would call it, the jobbers, right? They'll, those guys would come in and those guys are baby faces and they're just trying to help out the the good guy, the baby face, right? We don't see that anymore. <laughs> you ever know that? I mean, maybe it's just me, but I'm watching the WWE and anytime that there is an attack, you don't see a rush of other wrestlers from the locker room trying to help the good guy. Like, oh, you know, think about it if it's real life, right? If if I'm being attacked and Sean Davis is, produ- is producing the show, if he's there, he see I'm being attacked. At le- he may not fight for my honor, but if, if nothing else, he's going to re- do something to be like, okay, that's enough. Separate us, right? Or have some of our boys come and beat down the bad guy or chase him away, whatever, right? But not just for me to just continue to get a, a beat down like we saw with Rey Mysterio or what we saw from Dominic. It's, it's, it's really interesting. You just don't get that anymore. And I just think that realistically in 2019, if you do see someone attack, are you just watching? I know some people just watch with their phones, but in wrestling, they're supposed to be, have some help. And I don't see that anymore, uh, which is really strange. So um, the other thing is with Seth Rollins is why is he afraid of Bray Wyatt in a mask? <laughs> right? If if someone has a scary mask, it's like it's kind of jarring, but not to the point where it's it's got me frozen in fear. We've seen this now several times. Apparently, I saw this on a house show as well. Somebody had a video of of Seth Rollins and the Fiend, the uh, alter ego of Bray Wyatt, and he's frozen in fear. This is the WWE Universal Champion. If nothing else, you could just take a little bit of a step back, but not to the point where we're just frozen in fear, like, oh my God, I'm afraid of Bray Wyatt, someone I've beaten before, but I'm afraid of him because now he's the fiend and he's got a, a, a mask on. It's still cartoonish. It, it makes Seth Rollins like a complete geek as, as someone who is supposed to be the top guy on what they considered for a long time the top show on Monday Night Raw. Very, very strange. Uh, it goes on to what I was saying a couple of weeks ago on this program. There is a babyface issue in the WWE, and I understand that everywhere you go, the WWE is on Fox platforms, whether it's FS1 or Fox Network, and they're trying to promote SmackDown on Fox starting uh, this Friday. But the one face I keep seeing, whether it's on ESPN commercials or a lot of these interviews, is Becky Lynch. 
is Becky Lynch the number one baby face in the company? If, if so, that's great. I wish there was nine other ones I could name for you that are solidified as clear-cut white meat baby faces that you root for. That's the thing I look at with that. It's like, and again, hats off to the WWE because whether it's on uh, the boxing, the big boxing event that took place um, on Saturday, uh, Big E was there to do the introduction for one of the uh, fighters in the main event. That was interesting. You saw Rey Mysterio at a Vikings game recently. Uh, they've been on all the FS1 and all the Fox programming. I believe Becky Lynch also was on NFL on Fox too. I think she was with Terry Bradshaw or something. Uh, I was standing next to him. So it, it, they've done a really good job of saturating the marketplace around the Fox brands to let you know, hey, that SmackDown is coming to Fox and it's pretty big. And I don't, I want to make sure that it's clear that what the WWE is doing by being on Fox is the biggest thing that the WWE has done since WrestleMania. And I don't mean like WrestleMania in Detroit um, both times. I don't mean WrestleMania in New York. I don't mean WrestleMania in Chicago or or Jerry World or anywhere else in Dallas. I mean it's it's the biggest thing that we that they have done since WrestleMania because uh, now the WWE is on a major platform, not UPN, you know, not the USA Network, not not on Spike. Uh, they are on uh, on a network. And they're going to be live for two hours for 52 weeks a year. And that's pretty special. Think about all the programming that you watch that are non-sports. They don't go 52 weeks a year. And the WWE is going to be doing that. And so this is huge coming up this Friday. It's not just another Friday Night Smackdown. It, it is it is a Smackdown with huge ramifications and a lot of money attached to it. Fox bought in for millions, millions among millions to billions of dollars to be able to have two hours of wrestling on their Friday night so they could at least win one night of, of television uh, that are, that's non-sports. So it, it is, it, I, cannot, um, I can't overstate more how huge this is for the WWE and for wrestling overall that on what used to be, we used to call it with over-the-air television, like non-cable, which you need the antenna to watch. Well, the point is that this is network television and they're going to be on weekly. Remember, the WWE was on Saturday night's main event quarterly uh, when Saturday Night Live would step away. Uh, and instead of putting on reruns, they put on main event at least four times a year. Saturday night's main event was huge, but that was on at 1130 Central Time on Saturday nights into Sunday morning. And it was big for its time, but not like being on every single Friday live for two hours. Uh, that's, uh, that's a huge undertaking for the WWE for sure. So uh, I look forward to seeing uh, not just SmackDown, but everything this week. We, we went over this last week, but if you missed the podcast, this is what wrestling is, okay? So Monday Night Raw on USA Network, then as we record this, uh, this uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, every Tuesday night now, you'll see Impact Wrestling on Access TV. And even if you don't have Access TV, you, they have other platforms where you can watch Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is back in the mix in a big way. A big way, and I'm not going to compare them to AEW or NXT or MLW or ROH or anything like that. But the point is that Impact's got two hours, uh, two hours of programming on Access TV, and it has uh, a lot of reach. Impact Wrestling with this new deal that they are uh, part of. 
So Impact Wrestling on Tuesdays. Then on Wednesdays, it's NXT that's on the USA Network now for two hours going up against AEW All Elite Wrestling on TNT. So two wrestling shows at the same time on Wednesday nights. Uh, and, and the difference between the year 1999 or 2000 when it's WCW against the WWE and now is that you can uh, DVR one and watch it later. You can do that in the VCR era back in the day too. But the point is, is that you don't really have to choose if you don't want to, you can go back and forth and mess with the ratings that way, but you really don't have to switch back and forth. You can watch NXT and then watch AEW later. AEW, by the way, on TNT, just like the old WCW days, they have, I'm, I'm checking my Comcast cable, my Xfinity cable. The original airing is at 7 o'clock Central Time. And then after that two hours, they replay it again. So it's, it's a really, it's a four-hour block of wrestling. It's the first two hours, and then they replay that same show again, just like they did in the, uh, the Nitro days uh, under Eric Bischoff back in the day. So nothing for Thursday just as of yet as far as wrestling, but someone should take that, that Thursday slot, I believe. Friday Night SmackDown, and then uh, on Saturday... You have your choice. There is, uh, there is WOW Women of Wrestling on Access TV. There is MLW on BN Sports. MLW is really coming on strong here. They continue to make these sneaky signings, uh, and they are really building their brand with uh, Major League Wrestling. And, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well on Saturdays as well on Access TV. And don't forget ROH, depending on uh, where you are listening to our program, you can pick up ROH on YouTube and other places, uh, and also some of the local channels for, um, uh, for Ring of Honor. So there is a ton of professional wrestling out there. Uh, before we hear from Dave LaGreca, I'm going to go through my list with Dave uh, as well, but I want to talk to you about AEW briefly. This is a big, as I mentioned, a big time for the WWE on SmackDown, right, being on Fox. This is also big for All Elite Wrestling. For those of you that have been following All Elite Wrestling, that have been watching the shows on Bleacher Report, pay-per-view, wherever you've been watching it. It is big, not just because it's AEW versus NXT. It's big because this is professional wrestling on TNT for the first time since, gosh, the early 2000s. And I never thought that wrestling would go back to TNT just based on the whole Time Warner issue. There's been many books written about how uh, Time Warner screwed over uh, WCW, made them more of a kid-friendly product while the WWE was going with Stone Cold and Middle Fingers and Breasts and, uh, and TNA all over the place on their programming. They went more of an adult theme when WCW could not because of Time Warner. Now it's Warner Media, and they feel it's the right time, especially with the money of the cons, the con family, to be able to put wrestling back on because it's about content. Go back to our, our archives of, uh, of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And we talked to someone a couple of weeks ago about how content is so big for these cable channels. They need to have content. And if they got to fill it with wrestling, they're going to fill it with wrestling because they know they can always pop a number of some sort with pro wrestling. Um, so I'll go back in the archives and listen to our, our conversation with Jason Barrett. But I've got five things that I, I want to point out to AEW, some advice as a lifelong wrestling fan. I have seen wrestling flourish. I've seen wrestling really start off strong and then fizzle out because 
of these five things that need to happen, right? For you to maintain a healthy product as a professional wrestling company, especially if you're AEW. So number one, my number one thing I've talked about a lot on these shows is that you cannot let the boys ruin your company. If you are Tony Khan, if you are one of the investors of AEW, if you're TNT, you cannot let the boys ruin the company. We have seen this in WCW. We have seen this in so many other places in the territory days that you cannot let the boys ruin the company. And what that means is that if Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have the pencils and they are the bookers and you have this young core, you got a few veterans that are also there, you don't want to have the boys make all the decisions. I really believe that Tony Khan and one other person needs to be able to sit down and say, this is the direction of the company. Here's our story arc for the next six months to a year. Where do we want to be on October 1st, 2020? You build backwards, actually, when you're writing these stories. At, at least if I was a booker, I would, because I need to know where, where I'm doing with Chris Jericho and the tag team scene and, the, and where we're building with some of these young wrestlers uh, on October 1st, 2020, more so than today. But you you cannot have that because if you have four or five guys in in somewhat of a committee, uh, that's not going to work. Just listen to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff <laughs> or listen to Bruce Pritchard and find out whether or not uh, that those factions uh, and have that, see if that really works. It does not work for the long haul. One person needs to be the voice of AEW. If there's four or five, then the message is going to be lost. It's going to be a problem. I'm just telling you. Don't let the boys ruin your company. Number two, do not be WWE light. Whatever you see on Monday Night Raw, whatever you see on SmackDown is successful for them because they are a sports entertainment company. I'm not knocking it. They're successful, clearly. But you cannot be a hybrid of their company and think that's going to work. Ask Dixie Carter. Ask Jeff Jarrett. What was it like to be able to be do things that the WWE was doing? It ruined TNA. TNA never had enough of their own personality or image to be able to flourish long-term under the TNA brand. Yeah, they're doing well as Impact Wrestling, but TNA was not as successful as it wanted to be because they were trying to do things that the WWE was doing. Do not be WWE light. I'm a talk show host and been a talk show host on ESPN for a long time. Uh, I, I'm not going to do anything similar to any other show. Why would I? I'm my own personality. I have my own style. Why would I want to be like uh, another station or another personality? Um, the other thing is, don't um, don't do funny or unfunny vignettes. Of course, you want to do nothing wrong with a little funny, but the unfunny vignettes, because just because Vince does it, doesn't mean that you have to do it. You don't have to do unfunny vignettes. Funny is very, it's, it's a very slippery slope in pro wrestling. Do not do unfunny vignettes. If that's not your personality, how about professional wrestling? How about, put, how about an in-ring product? How about some interviews? How about some back, back stories? Um, but if you're doing stuff like that, being the elite stuff on TNT, and it doesn't get over, then that's going to be a problem. Not wrong with personality, but funny don't make money for the long haul. It makes some, but not for the long haul. You gotta be careful on exactly what you put out there that's, supposed, that's perceived to be comedy. Um, it might be funny for the bingo halls, or it might be funny for independent wrestling, uh, for a, a short audience. It may not be for uh, for a, a huge audience that you could be uh, could be trying to cater to on TNT. 
limit your commercial breaks. You know, NXT is going to be doing that on USA. If you want to be competitive, you've got to be able to look at your commercial log and say, can we do a side-by-side -side like we see on SmackDown? On left side is wrestling and the right side is the commercial playing. If you could find uh, uh, commercials or, or those that uh, want to be able to sponsor AEW that don't mind the side-by-side, -side, that's fine. But I think in the first month, I would try to limit my commercial breaks or at least do side-by-side, -side, which is very smart on the part of... Uh, of SmackDown, and we see this in the NFL as well, which I think is very good. And lastly, tell stories. Don't assume that we know these wrestlers. That's one mistake from NXT already. Like, the reason why the numbers are not, like, huge for uh, NXT on USA is because, you know, for this USA audience, they haven't seen these guys. I watch NXT every week. I know who they are. I know their backstory. But they've got two hours to work with. They can go back and retell the stories of some of these wrestlers that we see. What's their background? What's it, what it is about? Do not assume that you just turn on the lights on All Elite Wrestling like, well, it's sold out. They all know who all these guys are. They don't. You're trying to cater to a new audience. Never assume. Tell stories. You have two hours to be able to tell those stories so we can all know all the wrestlers. That grows your product. There's some of the things that other wrestling companies have not done that maybe AEW needs to do. If they assume that the independent wrestling uh, community is all going to be coming to AEW and that's going to grow the audience, that's only niche. You've you got to cater to a broader audience. That means everybody. Those that used to watch WCW, used to watch the NWA, used to watch uh, TNA wrestling, used to watch some of the wrestling from the 90s, some, maybe some of the 80s, you're going to try to bring them back. Cody Rhodes is the draw because of the Rhodes name. Let's see what happens because uh, just as big as SmackDown, on Friday night, it's big to see AEW against NXT on Wednesday night. Glad that you're with us here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Our special guest, my my best friend when it comes to pro wrestling, my guy. If he if he lived in Chicago, we would have went to the UIC Pavilion to watch NWA wrestling. We would have went to the Rosemont Horizon to see the WWF back in the day. Dave LaGreca from Busted Open. You can hear that show on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 from 8 to 11 Central Time. That's the original airing. Uh, every morning uh, for Busted Open, and Dave joins us here from Busted Open on ESPN and Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Thank you so much, Dave, for joining me. I love coming on with you, Jonathan, man. And this is such a big week that I had to come on. We have to talk about it. A lot going on. I, I, I just had to reach out to you. Uh, but before we even talk about this, I want to be selfish because I want to promote for you something that means a lot to me as a Busted Open listener, as part of Busted Open Nation. Man, just being on the ground floor of your show for so many years and you and Mortman just trying to strive for five, just trying to get beyond five days a week. And you're on every other uh, day, Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday and Fridays. And now to see the busted open is going to be on six days a week, Dave. That, could you even, even imagine that you, this program that you started now, it's six days a week on Sirius XM Fight Nation? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's you know, like you said, we always had that slogan, live for five, and I thought that was a pipe dream. I didn't think that would ever happen. And then now to find out that the show is so big and so popular, and because the landscape of pro wrestling is so big and so popular now that we had to add a sixth day, and now we're going to be live Monday through Saturday. It's pretty crazy. And, you know, we, we made Tommy Dreamer a permanent part of our schedule, Ryan McKinnell, 
is going to be the lead host on Saturdays. And so we have a really good team that I'm very proud of with, with Mark Henry and Bully Ray. So I, uh, it's, it's a dream come true, Jonathan. And, and like you said, I appreciate all your help and your promotion because you've been, you know, a fan of the show since, since almost day one. So I appreciate all your uh, promotion throughout the years. Oh, just, it's just awesome for you. <laughs> just awesome for, for all of us as wrestling fans that, you know, Monday through Saturday, you can listen to busted open, you know, on, the, on, you know, eight to 11 central in Chicago and in the, in the um, Midwest, but it's, I'm just happy for you, Dave, because this is something that's really needed for all of us because of so much professional wrestling that's on right now. So, uh, so I'm driving to the post office and I've got, I got uh, busted open on <laughs> and you just laid out the line of the day <laughs> about Seth Rollins. Cause it's so true for those that missed it. Let me just, and I quoted, see, I, I had to pull over and tweet it out word by word. Here he comes. Pepsi in one hand, candy corn in the other. Hey guys, can you want to hang out? When you hear Seth Rollins music, burn it down. It, it, it means please take your seats. It's, it's, it's so true, man. You, you shoulder shrug, Seth. It's unbelievable as universal champion. What? I mean, I'm not going to use the, the, I guess I'm going to use the, um, the Alvarez line, the Brian Alvarez line, but why is the universal champion a geek? Yeah. It's, it... I hate talking to him in that way because I'm such a fan of his in the ring and I loved his work um, with Ring of Honor when he was Tyler Black. But, man, this run is champion. I mean, ever since WrestleMania 35, it's been, ugh. It's it's like I said, such a shoulder slump when Seth Rollins comes on my TV. And he he was so out of place with, with the Raw reunion but no more so than last night with Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. I mean, how could you be in the ring with a 70-year-old man and be the uncool guy in that scenario? <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. Well, this is a bigger topic, okay? And I'm sure, that, and I know that you've talked about this, but this is something that's ongoing. You know what, Dave? I think the WWE has had a hard time building baby faces. And I know that someone, one of your listeners, one of my listeners can come off the top. Of it, well, no, but this guy's a good guy and she's a good guy. But no, that's not the point. The point is, is that trying to solidify a roster of baby faces is a problem. There's plenty of heels in this company. And maybe this, this is Heyman influence. But could you put your finger on why that this, this company struggles to be able to put together cool baby faces for us to be able to connect to. Well, it's, it's, it's an issue and I'll, I'll go this way. Like with Becky Lynch, I think there's been a lot of missteps with Becky Lynch. There's a lot of missteps creatively going into WrestleMania 35 and coming out of WrestleMania 35, but she's so cool and she's so must watch that I think she's one of those faces that, you could build a company with on the other brand on SmackDown, you have Kofi Kingston. Why do you buy into Kofi Kingston? Because every time he pops on that mic, he grabs you emotionally. You hang on every word he has to say. Is he entertaining? Absolutely. Is he great in the ring? Tremendous in the ring. But the reason I love Kofi Kingston is because when he talks, there's emotion behind it. When it comes to Seth Rollins, there's none of that. He's not cool like Becky, and he does. he's not emotional like a Kofi Kingston. If you can't 
be emotional on the microphone, then you're lost as a baby face. And he's is lost right now. And I agree with you. Outside of Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston, I don't know if there's any faces on that roster that I truly believe in. That's a problem. <laughs> that's, that's a problem. And even with Kofi Kingston, by the way, that's lame too. That's that's not great. That's not great either. I, I you know by the way, I, you know I grew up in on the south side of Chicago. No one's throwing pancakes in the street on the south side of Chicago. I don't know what that is. It's, it's a it's good un, point. It's uncomfortable, and I, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, and and uh, here's the other thing too. Here's a perfect example of what I mean with Kofi Kingston. We've been waiting for Kofi versus Randy Orton for 12, 13 years, going back to their days in the Garden. I, I love how they were able to tell that story because. At the time, I remember you and I saying, well, now you got something special here. Look look at these two. I mean, they're tearing the house down, and then you just went away from it. Now you bring it back. Randy's still Randy. He's never going to change. He's still got his five moves and his, and his frown. He's going to always gonna be the same guy. But Kofi Kingston, what's he doing? Laughing, got a little smile on his face. Hey, wh- where's where's the seriousness in the baby face? Uh, see, that, that's what I mean. I like, can't. It, it, it's just it's just bad booking, bad creative to me. And and that's where like I feel almost bad coming on the air like I did today to rip Seth Rollins. Because is it Seth Rollins? Is it is it creative? Is it a combination of both? I don't know, but I know when Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan that you know, where you know, you're talking about one guy that's in his late sixties and Ric Flair who's seventy and you know, wasn't that not that long ago, was in the hospital. And they they stare at each other, and the whole arena erupts, and everybody gets on their feet like they're expecting a fight between a sixty or sixty eight year old man and a seventy year old man, and that garners more of an emotional connection than your universal champion Seth Rollins. I I, I don't get it. See, see, here's here's me thinking in the future. All right, Dave. So in, in twenty twenty five years. Uh, when you have Seth Rollins and Randy Orton in the middle of the ring, and like in 25 years when like when one of Shane's sons is running the company or whatever, right? Will they be able to garner that same reaction as a Hogan or a Flair? See, no, see what I mean? because no, because and Jonathan, you know this from you know because we grew up watching Ric Flair, we grew up yeah. watching Hulk Hogan, like especially Ric Flair. You know, maybe with the exception of Dusty Rhodes, the greatest, the greatest ever on the microphone. Was any of what he said last night scripted? I don't think so. Like, he was just shooting off the cuff. And you bought in. Seth Rollins, when he, I mean, here's a guy who's been attacked by the Fiend the last two weeks and is scared in the corner of the ring like, like a child. And then the next week he starts to show like nothing happened the week before. You know, his best friend, you know, Rey Mysterio, who he says is a legend, and he can't wait to step into the ring with him because he's a future Hall of Famer. The guy gets attacked by Brock Lesnar. He doesn't come to help. Like if that happened in 1986, Hulk Hogan would be running to the ring to help whoever's being attacked. Where was Seth Rollins last night? There's nothing to believe in right now with this company. Probably the only person you can believe in is Brock Lesnar because you know every time he comes out there, he's going to kick somebody's ass. Yeah, that's true. I mentioned this earlier, Dave, and I gave the audience a little bit of ed- the younger audience a little bit of education. You remember this back in the day too, right? So if, if a baby face is getting beat down, you'd get either one of two levels of baby faces. You either get the main event baby face, say it's Hogan, 
and Hogan's getting beat down with a chair or chain or whatever, like by Hercules or something like that. Well, here mm-hmm. comes here comes JYD. Here comes Steamboat. Here comes at least four or five guys to try to help Hogan. Or it's the other level of baby faces where a, a baby face is getting knocked down, and here comes Mario Mancini. You know, you know, here here comes yeah. here comes Rusty Brooks. Here comes you know, so Jose Luis Rivera. So so it, so maybe that heel is like, okay, here comes these you know uh, carpenters, these jobbers. I'll throw them out of the ring, but at least they're trying to help. But it, either in either case, someone's trying to help. Nobody helps anybody in the WWE. <laughs> No, it's it's unbelievable. And then the only person who actually did help was Rusev last night because Seth Rollins was getting double teamed. But then Rusev says in a backstage vignette, he goes, yeah, I helped, but that's because, you know, now I want the challenge for the universal title. So, you know, here's somebody now, I guess they're trying to build as a baby face. and And he basically said the only reason why he went out there to help was so he could get an opportunity at the championship. Not exactly like you know, a white meat baby face by any stretch of the imagination. You know what I mean? I just, you know, um, I know that, that we're both busy, but I've been in my travels going back and forth to work downtown. I've been sampling the Arn show, the Arn Anderson, because he's got a new podcast out now. It's really good because you and I as NWA fans would really appreciate some of his commentary. You get, if you get a chance, uh, get a chance to listen to it. But uh, Arn at the same time was talking about some of the same stuff too, just like, one of his quotes that resonated with me, Dave, is is that I only look at black and white. He says, gray is just there. There's nothing too gray. And it's almost like you take a shot at Vince because Vince is all about the shades of gray as well. It's your interpretation on who's a bad guy and who's a, a good guy. But Arn's point was gray sucks in wrestling, and we get a lot of gray in the WWE. I agree. It's, it's, it's all gray. You know, you made you made the point that there's really no baby faces. They don't know how to build baby faces. There are some heels that they've been able to build, but I don't know if it's the it's a problem with creative or it's a problem with the fans in 2019. But man, when it comes to the WWE, it's all gray. And speaking of the NWA, by the way, you would be proud. I have an NWA shirt on. I have a Rufus R. Jones King of Mid-Atlantic Wrestling t-shirt on today as I'm doing this interview with you. That's unbelievable, Rufus R. He, he, never, he never got a dime of merch in Central States. Never. <laughs> he, he never. Geigel took all his money in Kansas City. He never got a, a dime of merch, but yet you're wearing some. I know, I know it's about, you know, 40 years too late, but I'm wearing a Rufus R. Jones t-shirt. <laughs> could you, could you give Slick a few, a few shellings? Could you give him I a, know, a dime or I two? Know, I know, I I think, I, I, I feel like obligated to. <laughs> By the way, uh, your, your site, uh, at Busted Open Radio was the first, was the first time I saw the NWA set by the way. I mean, how awesome is that? They made it look exactly like Mid-Atlantic, Bob Cottle, 1983. I, that is beautiful, what they have done with that set to try to uh, kind of go back in time and try to modernize it as much as possible. It's amazing. It's, you know, it's got the, the, the ring apron, like you said, is, is straight out of 1983. The studio looks like it's straight out of 1983 with the, with with the flags and everything around the ring, it, 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 they did an amazing job. And, you know, we were lucky enough to get Billy Corgan on the show yesterday, mm-hmm. who's the owner and, and president of the NWA, and I thanked him. You know, as somebody who grew up watching the NWA, the fact that, and we don't know if it's going to be successful or not, it's way too early to tell, 
But the fact that he even was able to bring it back to the point that it is right now, I, I, I had to thank him because, you know, for the most part, over the last 15 years, the NWA has been pretty much dead. And to have this resurgence and to have it back at 6.05 on Tuesdays, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching that show. I, I think we're going to have to watch that live, Dave. I think we have to watch it when it when it comes out. I mean, it is the NWA, so we have to watch and see how that works, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that that's something I know is going to be appointment watching for me. And I know there's probably a lot of newer fans that will be a complete disconnect because, you know, they'll be watching WWE and AEW with an arena full of people. But there's just something comfortable about that studio wrestling that we grew up with. Uh, I want to. I don't want to do give you hyperbole on this, but I said this earlier. I just want to know if you how you feel about it. I, I think, Dave, that SmackDown on Fox, you know, being over, you know, what we used to call over the air, you know, the antenna TV, where it's it's network where you can be able to watch, where everyone could watch it. SmackDown on Fox to me is as big as WrestleMania. Um, maybe the original WrestleMania and Madison Square Garden. I, I don't want to over, overdo it, but that's how I feel because when you have accomplished a network deal that you're on 52 weeks a year uh, on Fox on a network, and again, not a desirable night on Friday night, but at least you're there. Uh, how big is this in your eyes for SmackDown to be on Fox every week? Well, well, Jonathan, I think what you just threw out there is extremely telling. The fact that you could say that this may be bigger than the first WrestleMania, I might have to agree with that because I think this was always Vince McMahon's ultimate goal. I think a big reason why he doesn't call pro wrestling and he calls it sports entertainment is he wanted to make this as mainstream as humanly possible. And when you get a billion-dollar deal with Fox and you're going to be on primetime TV, like you said, Friday, not the ideal day, but still primetime TV on a major network – I think this was always his goal. And the fact that he was able to accomplish it, you, you could say this, this is the, the biggest night in the history of the WWE. Maybe the biggest night in the history of pro wrestling. You know how big that is? I mean, it, he just keeps topping himself, Dave. I don't know, from, from his standpoint, for being able to sell out Jerry World in Dallas, to be able to, you know, to go to... New Jersey and be able to do it at Giant Stadium to be able to go all across the country and sell out these WrestleManias and now to be able to be on network television. This is not UPN, okay? This is is much bigger than that. This is Fox to try to win the night for for ratings. I, I don't know what tops this. Is there a topper? No, I, I, Jonathan. From you know when we watched wrestling as kids, it would come on Saturday mornings or. You know, midnight, you know, we, we had to really search for it. Mm-hmm. And to see this uh, 8 p.m. on a major network, I, I, it, it, I don't think it can be topped. How can it be topped? I mean, he, the, the, you know, as much as, you know, we complain about Vince McMahon and some things we loved and, and some things we didn't, he, he has taken this profession that we love to such great heights that, no one could ever have imagined and and you got to give them kudos for that and i think friday night is going to be something really special and it's going to be a celebration for fans like us to see where this has gone and i i I can't wait to watch it friday night it it is it's really something so okay so uh, by the way a follow-up to that 
because there's so much emphasis on SmackDown now, you see they've changed the uh, the broadcast teams, and and I think for the better. I think Vic Joseph is fine. I, he's got to realize it's wrestling, not golf. Sometimes, um, just just give me a li- give me a little volume. You know, I noticed this on the NXT UK shows. Like he's good, but he doesn't get over the top. He doesn't go crazy. You know, you, you, we got to see that next level from Vic, but he's fine. I had no problem with the broadcast team, uh, but when you have Cole and and Graves together, and all this emphasis and all this money into SmackDown. Is this the number one show now for them? Is Raw second, even though it's been on longer? It, it has to be. I, I mean, there's the history behind Raw and, and, and all the years in the franchise of, of the company. But when you're on major network TV, that's that's got to be the A show. And when you when Fox is paying a billion dollars to have you on their air and giving as much promotion as they've been giving, especially the last few weeks, during NFL football, this is this is now the A show, and they're in a good position because Raw is always going to be Raw. You're always you can't just erase the history of Monday Night Raw. But I would have to think, Jonathan, that SmackDown is now the A show. And that's something. <laughs> and by the way, as during the Heyman era when Heyman was writing for SmackDown, I always thought that SmackDown was a better show. Because and by the way, SmackDown's always been the wrestling show, quote unquote, over Raw. There's always been more bells and whistles and more things, but I appreciated the in-ring product for many years with SmackDown over Raw. That was just my choice. Yeah, I, me too. Especially at that time when Paul Heyman was in mm-hmm. was in charge. I mean, they always had the better show. That you're right. It's the quote-unquote wrestling show. I don't know how to identify these shows now. I mean, the way that Monday Night Raw ended last night, and oh. like. What we're going to expect on Fox, I don't know what show's going to be the quote-unquote wrestling show or if they're going to be heavy entertainment. I, I, really, I really don't know what to expect. I don't. Well, Dave, I, I need to find out your viewing habits now because my DVR is full now because it's, <laughs> I can't. It, it's, it's so much. And by the way, I'm not complaining because I'm, I'm, this is great for the business. However SmackDown goes – However, Raw goes because they're the lead dog. It helps everybody else. So I want everybody to eat. I want everybody to flourish. But yeah. Man, it's it's. So so, what's your viewing habits now? Because I know you got to be able to at least take a a, a peek at Impact. I, I didn't see those. Hey, I'll raise my hand. I didn't watch those pay per views. <laughs> I wasn't watching that because well, I was reading about it, but I didn't have time to watch Impact. But now it's on Access TV. And now I'm very curious because I believe in what Callis and, and that crew is doing now at Impact. It seems better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to have my, my poor wife. I'm going to have to watch Raw Live on Mondays. I'm going to have to watch Impact Wrestling on Tuesdays because in a couple of weeks it's going to be on Access. Like now it's just prepackaged stuff, but their show is going to be on Access on Tuesdays. Wednesdays you have NXT and AEW. You know, for your know, Friday SmackDown, MLW uh, on Saturdays. Right. I, 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 I got Thursday nights, right? I can, I can take Thursday. <laughs> Am I missing something? Is there something Thursday night? No, no, no one's taking Thursday yet. No, so haven't. I got Thursday nights, and it's Sunday nights. You have, you know, you always have your pay per views. 
I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess the only night I won't be watching wrestling is Thursday nights. Well, we always have the network, so I guess I could watch something. On Thursday <laughs> there'll, be some, there'll be some hidden gem for you to watch. <laughs> so you can always check that out. Yeah, uh, there's always something. And, and, and I have to watch it live because I'm on first thing in the morning and I have to talk about it. We depend on you. You gotta talk about it. Don't, don't depend on me. Please. Yes, we do. We gotta depend on you. We gotta. You gotta don't review. Depend. You gotta review Raw on on Tuesday, and then get get us ready for Impact. And Wednesday, you gotta you talk about Impact and get us ready for NXT against AEW. You gotta stay up all night for God's sakes and watch both of these shows because this is not the VCR time. Now it's the DVR. Where are you going to do side-by-side TV, or will you watch one, tape the other, and watch the next one? Because AEW has a replay right after the original airing, like the That's, old Nitro days. Yeah, I mean, with the DVR, you know, it's I'm going to have to watch either one, AEW or NXT Live, 8 to 10, and then, you know, 10 to midnight, watch the other show. That's that's the way it's got to be. i got to watch both. Boy, that's going to be a hot Thursday show because oh. you're going to get fans from both sides. You're going to tell you which one was the better show. So that's, boy, that, that's hot, man. And then and here's a great thing about New Japan. Hey, you don't have to talk about it unless there's something big happen. Like, like I see it. It's on Access TV, but some of that stuff is dated, so you don't have to really go into it. So, But it's it's still newsworthy, right? It's still newsworthy. you got to keep up on it. And then, you know, with, when Wrestle Kingdom comes around, that's always a big deal. And, and the tournament's always a big deal as well. So you got to stay on top of it. And uh, I can't believe that we've been talking this long and we haven't talked about Lana, Rusev, and Bobby Lashley. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> I mean, how can Lana cheat on Rusev on Rusev Day? <laughs> Terrible. I just I I don't know what's going on in Heyman's life, where this is something that we need to see. It's a some weird love triangles in WWE. What's going on in Heyman's life? Could you tell me? What's I going on? have no idea. Between the Maria Kanellis story and now with Rusev and Lana, I I I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. And where did this come from with Lashley? Like, has Lashley and and Rusev ever feuded before? Have they ever crossed paths? before like this is coming out of nowhere no not but but they make the men in this company a bunch of just weak ass bitches it's oh my god dear i mean (laughs) i i get it the women are doing a tremendous job they're probably the best wrestling is from the women on this roster but you know my god you have to completely just knock the men into the mud that's what's happening right now. Your Embarrassing. Wife's, your wife's been being kissed by Lashley, and you're just standing there in shock. He's well, just huffing is... and puffing. Like, <laughs> just... he doesn't even, like, he's just huffing and puffing in the ring. Like, <laughs> this... go down and do something. If you love your wrestlers frozen in fear, you get a lot of that in the WWE, don't you? You get that with Seth scared to death. And he's, he's scared of Bray Wyatt in a mask. Here's a man kissing your wife, and you're just standing there saying, hey, I'm an American citizen. Look at me. Wait, what, what are you doing? What's I, it? I, I, that makes you want to root for Lashley. <laughs> like, like right now, I'm a fan of Lashley. Look at he's got He's got Lana right there. He didn't have to marry her. <laughs> he got somebody else flipping the bill. <laughs> I just don't understand this company. I just don't know. I'm just looking at this in amazement. Like, why is this on my, on my television? What is going and, on? And on top of that, Jonathan... <sighs> It was the go-home show for a pay-per-view. 
So you have a pay-per-view on Sunday, and the last thing you see is Lashley, you know, grabbing Lana Stein and, 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 and kissing her while Rusev is huffing and puffing, and none of them are on the pay-per-view on Sunday. Oh, wait, there's a pay-per-view Sunday? Yeah, Hell in a Cell, remember that? Oh, yeah, oh, I didn't even see. This is what happens. When you have so much bad booking and you're not putting all of your eggs in the Hell in a Cell basket, it made me forget there's a pay-per-view Sunday. Seriously. <laughs> like, like I know it's there, but it just. But there was so much emphasis on the nonsense. Instead of really having a strong go-home show, I didn't, I forgot about that. And as of right now, there's only three matches confirmed for the pay-per-view. So we are, you know, just a couple of days away from the pay-per-view, and all they have are three matches confirmed. That's, that's it. That's, not, that's unbelievable. Well, the Globetrotters are in town. You don't have to say who's on it. You just know that they're going to be in town. That's what it is. It's just, it's not the wrestling that you and I grew up with. Oh, by the way, you got to find out where, uh, where where you watch Ring of Honor. That doesn't come on in my area in Chicago. I got to look for it on YouTube. Don't forget about ROH. Don't piss them off, Dave. Oh, but, and you're in, wait, how, you don't get Ring of Honor? You're, you're in Sinclair headquarters over there in Chicago. <laughs> no, don't you don't know, get Ring I'm of not, Honor? No, I'm not in Sinclair headquarters. I am not in Sinclair headquarters. No, we we do not get an airing of of ROH in Chicago. No, we do not. No, well, well, I'm in New Jersey, and you know, once in a while, I'll see it on my DVR, but most of the time, I don't. So, I mean, I think we're in the same boat when it comes to Ring of Honor right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and oh, I should mention this. I should say this, and I mentioned this a few episodes ago. Dave, there's. I don't know if this is a topic that's on your show. Maybe it will be at some point when you have a little bit of a down period, but uh, I'm I'm fearful for ROH because they came to Villa Park and they came to the Odium, which this is where Bonfil uh, Glory is going to be uh, in October uh, in suburban Chicago. House was down. House was significantly down at the Odium. They went to Toronto, as you remember. House was down. Philly, not great. It's... Uh, they're really going through a transition at ROH. It's not the hot brand it once was. And and by the way, the the show of the year, one of the shows of the year for a busted open is Bully Ray revealing to you in a, almost in a shoot manner that hey, you know, Sinclair could have been able to do exactly what AEW's doing. Yeah. And, and, and that, that was so revealing and opened my eyes to saying, "Wait, Sinclair is this billion dollar conglomerate." You couldn't have held on to the Young Bucks or get uh, Kenny Omega or Cody and build your own, you know, weekly show on a and find a network. They didn't. It's not like they didn't have the money for it. ROH dropped the ball big time. Think about it. The last few years, they've had Cody Rhodes, they've had the Young Bucks, they've had the Hardys. <laughs> you know, they they pretty much uh, the pretty much that all top half of the AEW roster went through Ring of Honor. Oh, and by the way, six months ago, they sold out Madison Square Garden. Yes. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, sold out Madison Square Garden, now they, they can't fill out the odium in Chicago. That's not, it's not great, Dave. And I'm no, looking... it's, 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 because, and, you know, they, they lost the, the town, and they still have Marty Scurll. Like, imagine that, if they were able to keep Cody and the Bucks and, and you know, and get Kenny, and, and, they, and they have Marty Scurll, and they have PCO, like, that could have been one hell of a company that people wanted to see, but they 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 let that talent go. And ever since that night at Madison Square Garden, 
that has been a steep decline for Ring of Honor. And I'm sorry to say, because I've always been a fan, but they're in a real bad place right now. They really are. Uh, okay, last thing, as we always do, Hall of Fame list. You ready for the WWE? Hall of Fame list. Will, do you think that Missy Hyatt will ever be in the WWE Hall of Fame? No. Can you tell me why? You want to tell me um, why? You could probably figure out why. Oh, come on. You can say it. Or you could probably figure out ways that maybe she could have gotten herself into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay, we'll let that go. Okay, well, so, so not not over Linda's body, huh? That she, she'll, <laughs> she'll never be in the Hall of Fame. All right. No. All right. Ivan Koloff. The, the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is a crime. Yes, he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. The the entire Fuller family, including Ron and Robert Fuller. No, but they should be. Why? What's I mean? That's a it's a great wrestling family. It's it is, but for whatever reason, you never hear those names mentioned, and I just don't think they'll they'll ever be a part of the Hall of Fame. Though I though I do believe they should be. Jim Crockett. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. Oh. Like the Crockett I, family, like David? Yes. Okay. Well, oh, wait, wait, David, that's right, David. No, the Crockett family won't go in. <laughs> but Jim could go in, though, right? Jim, Jim will go in, but not the Crockett family. That was, no, because you just, you, yeah, David, yeah. Not, not David, okay. So, no, no. Not, not Jackie with the, the shaky camera work at ringside. Phil, we watched the NWA through the ropes for, yeah. for, for, for decades. Look at the Jack, middle rope. <laughs> Jackie, we forgive. David, not so much. All right. Midnight Express. Again, the crime that they're not in already. One day they will be in the Hall of Fame, yes. Paul Jones. No, though he should be, but they won't. Well, come on. No love for the number one, for number one I Paul Jones? I love Paul Jones, but you're asking me if I ever think they'll be in the WWE Hall of Fame. My answer is no. Are they in the Dave LaGreca Hall of Fame? Yes, Paul Jones is in the Dave LaGreca Hall of Fame, but he will not be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Last one, Jimmy Valiant as a single. He's already, no, because they, they all say he's already technically in the Hall of Fame. All right. But That's though fine. he should, uh, the fact that he got the bandana tattooed on his head is enough that he should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, I guess you're going to save the Mulkey Brothers for the next time I'm on? <laughs> Maybe. You never know what, you, what I'm going to ask you. But I gave you some good ones. It made you think a little bit, though, didn't it? Those, made you think. those are good ones. Those are, I feel bad for the Crockett family. David, man, he ruined it for everybody. Well, <laughs> I think I think Jim in the two planes and trying to move the, the the company from Charlotte to Dallas also is a problem. But that's you know that again. That's why I say turn on the Arn show. He'll give you all Arn Anderson you, will give you all the information. Again, you can forgive that, but David Crockett, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, David, it's unforgivable, quite frankly, as an NWA fan. I, I'll tell you this: it makes Tony Schiavone sound a lot better. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> 
Well, don't forget, people, it is uh, Busted Open, Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156, 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time, and it's now Monday through Saturday. Man, if you're a wrestling fan, that's the show that you listen to. And as uh, Dave told me, it's also, you could find it on iTunes, a, a, a condensed version of the show is on iTunes as well, right? Yeah, Apple Apple uh, Podcast on uh, Pandora, you can find uh, a 45-minute version of Busted Open every day. All right, my friend. Oh, and so, by the way, lastly, you I, I lied. There's one other thing. You heard my five tips for the AEW, right? I gave five tips, which was don't let the boys ruin your company. Don't be WWE light. Um, don't do unfunny vignettes. Um, limit your commercial breaks like NXT is going to be doing. And tell stories. Don't assume that the independent wrestling world knows who these guys are because probably the majority of – the wrestling fans don't know who they are. So does does that make sense for the top five? Yes, and, and, and I, I was a part of Cody Rhodes' conference call earlier this afternoon, and he talked about a lot of what you just mentioned, Jonathan, because I really do think it's a great five-point plan. He talked about introducing that younger talent that, they, that fans don't know. That's a goal. They have to make sure that, you know, the jungle boys of the world are introduced to the mainstream audience and become part of their conscious. And, and I think a big thing for us is wins and losses are definitely going to matter with that company. You've got, you got to make each match mean something, or why would people want to watch? And I, and, and I don't think they're going to be WWE lights. I think they're going to be their own company, and I think it's going to be a good mix of old school and new school that's really going to be something that could possibly save the landscape of the business we love and okay. it needs a kick in the ass. And I think AEW is going to be that kick in the ass. All right. I just, I don't want to see a shoot tape, you know, in 10 years saying, well, you know, whose fault was it for this creative? Well, it's Mike Graham's fault. Oh, it's Terry Taylor's fault. I, was, I think it was Tony Schiavone's idea. I think it was Eric Bischoff's. I, I don't one voice in that room, Dave will help. If there's five or six guys with the pencil We've seen companies just get ruined that way. I just want the best for them. That's all I'm asking. Well, I mean, and if it does fall apart, hopefully they ask you and I to be a part of the documentary talking about how everything went wrong. <laughs> Dave, I, I really appreciate your, t- appreciate your time, and I'm just looking forward to six days for uh, for Busted Open on Series 6 It's It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Jonathan, I, it's always a pleasure coming on. And thanks for always thinking of me, and thanks for everything, and love the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Great to talk to Dave LaGreca from Busted Open. That show used to be three days a week, and now it's six days a week on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156. All right, as I promised you, there will be two shows for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We will review AEW versus NXT coming up on a special edition on the 3rd of October. So we'll get a chance to review it, and I'll come back on Thursday. We'll drop another podcast to give you a special TWT show, AEW versus NXT. What is it? What was it like? We'll uh, break it down. The executive producer of TWT is Sean Davis. I'll talk to you next time in a couple days, as a matter of fact, as we do our special TWT show. Tell people that Jonathan Hood's talking wrestling Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. <laughs>